0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au
1: God keeps your tears in a bottle so He can wipe them away
0: one day. Coming up on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us gaze into the future when we're in the presence of the Lord and enjoying the richness of life eternal.
1: One day all pain will be gone, all sorrow will end, everything will be changed. But you don't have to wait until heaven for some things to change. That can happen right here, right now. You see, change happens when you put your faith in Jesus Christ.
0: This is the day when the lost are found. how things will be in heaven? The Apostle Paul said, after the rapture, we'll be with the Lord forever. And he encouraged us to comfort one another with these words. Well, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings some good comfort. We'll look past the stresses and the crises of the day to the glory of life eternal that's just around the corner. We're nearing the end of an exciting series of studies in the book of Revelation. We'll be glad that you joined us today.
1: since I was a little boy, I was really into all things Disney. I loved Disney movies. I loved watching the shows on television like the Mickey Mouse Club. And uh, and of course, the TV show, The Wonderful World of Disney, later changed to The Wonderful World of Color because color television was coming into its own. Yes, I am old enough to remember only black and white TV. So one day Walt himself announced that he was opening up a new place for everyone to visit called Disneyland. And he kept his promise in a 1955 Disneyland open. And I remember the excitement I had when I went there for the first time. But you know, Disney himself, Walt Disney, had a vision. And when he was a little boy, he used to love to go to a place called Electric Park. And there was a carousel there and he began to plot out in his mind an amusement park that he would build one day. He was trying to, I think in his own mind, bring a little heaven on earth. I read a book a while ago on the life of Disney and the author Pat Williams said this and I quote, I know that Walt felt a longing for heaven. He had that longing when he was a boy in Kansas City peering through the fence at Electric Park wanting what he could not have because he didn't have a dime in his pocket. I believe it was that longing for heaven that drove Walt to build a perfect place where children could ride merry-go-rounds and always catch the brass ring, a place where yesterday and tomorrow are always within walking distance, a place where anyone can be perfectly happy if only for a day. And Walt's mind, writes Pat Williams, heaven is a beautiful park all shiny and clean, filled with wonderful things to see and do, with a castle rising over it all and a train that goes around it, end quote. Beautifully written. I think Walt Disney, like all of us, had eternity in his heart. The Bible tells us that God puts us inside of each of us where we long for something more, long for a place we've never been to before. And I believe that longing is actually for heaven itself. We're homesick for heaven. And things happen in life. That seems so wrong and so unfair. Tragedy may strike and life on earth often disappoints. But I think you begin to realize that when you put your faith in Christ as you were made for another world. And that's exactly what we're looking at here in Revelation 21. We're looking at another world that is our future. And it's even better than Disneyland. Revelation 21, I'm reading from the New King James Version. John writes, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea than I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. I love this verse, verse four of Revelation 21. And God will wipe away every tear from their eye and there'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying and no more pain for the former things have passed away. You know, we may think that when we become a Christian, we'll then live a trouble-free life. We'll never suffer, we'll never get sick. Uh, Loved ones that are close to us will never die. Oh no, these things may happen to us. Being a Christian does not mean you will never weep. It may mean you weep more because your heart is tender. In Ezekiel, God says, I'll remove a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I mentioned earlier my mom being married and divorced seven times, so I def- developed these defense mechanisms where I was walled off. Uh, I was always moving, so I never could establish long-lasting uh, relationships and friendships with people. I was always a new kid in class, according to the whims of where my mom wanted to go next. And in my home, love was not expressed. My, I can't remember a single time in my life where my mom simply said, I love you or I'm proud of you, so being a walled-off person, it was hard for me to give love, and it was hard for me to accept love, And uh, but that's all going to change for all of us. You know, sometimes we bottle things up deep inside, but here's what we need to do. Instead of bottling things up, we need to open our heart to God and let Him put these troubles in his bottle. He yes, said, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Psalm 56, eight says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. If you recorded each one in your book. I have a little bottle in my office. It's blue. I bought it in the old city of Jerusalem some years ago in an antiquity shop. And I asked the uh, proprietor, the owner of the shop, well, what is this little blue bottle? And he said, well, that's a Roman tear bottle. I asked, well, what is that? He said, well, back at this time, the Romans believed when they lost a loved one that they should collect their tears in these little bottles. And that's what they were for. Well, God keeps your tears in a bottle so he can wipe them away one day. Because one day all pain will be gone. All sorrow will end everything will be changed. But you don't have to wait until heaven for some things to change. That can happen right here, right now. Because 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. I love the Phillips translation of that same verse, which says, if a man is in Christ, he becomes a new person altogether. The past is finished and gone, and everything has become fresh and new. Think about that. Do you need a fresh start? Do you need to begin again? Have you done things you wish you had not done, said things you wish you had not said, and you say, well now I guess I just have to face the consequences of all my bad decisions? Well, there may be some truth that you're having to face up to what you've done, but I want you to also know that there is a God in heaven who loves you and will forgive you of all of your sin. And not only will he forgive you of your sin, he will forget your sin. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, God speaking, as far as the east is from the west is as far as I will put your transgressions from me. You see, change happens when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you're a real Christian, your focus and your values will change. Old values, old ideas, plans, and desires will be replaced by new things. A new desire to know God and love Him. A new desire to study the Bible. A new desire to engage with God's people and worship. A new desire to bring glory to your God. And yes, a new desire to see God himself.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie, the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, teaching us about the Bible book of promise, Revelation. He's helping us to see ahead when we're in the presence of the Lord and enjoying the richness of life eternal. It's a message called Heaven on Earth. Let's continue.
1: So let me wrap this up. How should all of this affect us? What should we be doing in the light of the fact that we have this great hope of heaven and one day a new earth? Here's how it helps us. Number one, it helps us to keep perspective during times of trial. It helps us keep perspective during times of trial. Bottom line, life on earth is full of trial, hardship, sadness, disappointment, and pain. But according to this and other passages, God is gonna make up for the losses of earth. No pain is wasted by God. Paul says in Romans eight eighteen, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. See, here's God's big plan for you. He wants to make you like Jesus. Uh, Romans eight twenty eight, the verse we all know in quote, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose, right? Love that verse. But then the next verse, verse 29 says, for whom God did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed into the image of his own dear son. See, we sometimes take Romans 8, 28 and think it means whatever bad thing happens, God's gonna turn it into a good thing. That is not what the verse promises. Again, it says, All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose for whom, let's keep the verse going, God did foreknow, he predestined to be conformed into the image of his own dear son. See, God's plan for you is to make you more like Jesus, to make you a chip off the old rock, if you will. And that means hardship. That means difficulty as well as joys and happy things happening to you. Second Corinthians four seventeen, Paul says, Our present troubles are quite small and won't last forever. Yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So don't look at the troubles you see right now. Rather, look forward to what you have not seen yet, for the troubles we see will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. So no matter what you're going through right now, get the big picture. God's in control. The word oops is not in his vocabulary. Would that freak you out if God said oops? What? You (laughs) dropped a planet? What? God doesn't say oops. He knows what he's doing. He's making you like Jesus. He's getting you ready for heaven. Number two, believing that we'll go to heaven and heaven will come to earth one day. Well, should cause us to want to live godly lives. As I've said before, if in our studies of the book of Revelation it hasn't prompted you or motivated you to want to be more like Jesus and walk more closely with them, then I think we've missed the point, right? I heard a story about uh, two farmers, and uh, they went out hunting ducks, and one of the farmers had his dog with them who would retrieve the ducks. So they saw a duck fly by, Uh, The farmer shot, the duck fell from the sky into the lake and his dog ran out to retrieve the duck and ran across the top of the water, got the duck, ran back over again on top of the water, came back to the farmer and dropped the duck at the farmer's feet. The farmer looked at him and said, I don't think your dog knows how to swim. (laughs) Hey, talk about missing the point. The dog walked on the water. Not a true story. But we often miss a point. Yeah, this should motivate us to live a godly life because again, Scripture says, he that has this hope purifies himself even as he is pure. And then Paul tells us in Colossians 3, since you've been raised with Christ, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. This phrase, set your minds, means... Think heaven. So I know I'm going to heaven. Think heavenly thoughts. Our feet must be on earth, but our minds and our hearts should be in heaven. And third and lastly, if I really believe this, and I wonder, do you really believe what we've read in this message and others? Do you really believe the Bible is true? Do you really believe that there is both a heaven and a hell? Do you really believe that We're gonna enter into the afterlife. If you do, and I'm sure almost all of you do, some of you don't probably, but if you believe this, shouldn't that motivate you to wanna take some people with you to heaven? You've probably noticed that at the end of a message that I give here at Harvest at Home or in our church services or in our radio program or our TV program, I always invite people to Christ. You might say, why do you do that? Why do I do that? Because I want to take as many people to heaven with me as I possibly can. I want you to go to heaven. I want you to know Jesus Christ. I want to help you understand what you need to do to believe in Jesus Christ. So let me close with this appeal to you. Someone who is not sure of Jesus is living inside of them. Here's what you need to do. Everything can change for you right now and God can make all things new. You say, oh, Greg. It's too late for me. I can't change. I've tried to change myself and it hasn't worked. You can't can't change anything, it's just the way it is. No, God can make all things new. God can change your story. I don't know how old you are, I don't know where you are in your life, but whatever it is, God can change it, especially the ending. But you must come to him and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've broken your commandments. I know I fall short of your glory. But I also know that you sent Jesus Christ, your son, to die on the cross for my sin and pay the price for every wrong I've ever done. And then he rose again from the dead. And I want Jesus to come into my life. I love what Revelation 21, six says. He said to me, it is done. I'm the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Deep down inside, you're thirsty spiritually. There was a woman who would go to a well every day at around 12 noon and draw water. She didn't have many friends. She had been married and divorced five times. She was living with some dude at present. And who was waiting for her at the well that she frequented It was Jesus himself. She braced herself for a confrontation, ready for an argument. She was even somewhat flippant and sarcastic when she began to speak to him. And I love what Jesus said. He said, if you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water I give, you will never thirst again. He was using the well that she drew water from as a metaphor for life. You could write it over so many things in life. If you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. The the well of materialism, if you will. If that's where you're going for answers, you're always gonna want more. You could write it over relationships even. If you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. You could write it over accomplishments or success or fame. If you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. You could even write it over the well of religion, if you will religion and rituals and other things. If you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But if you come to Jesus and believe in him, he'll satisfy your deepest spiritual thirst. Let me go back to what I said in the beginning. We all long for a place we've never been to before. I talked about going to Disneyland as a child and how excited I was to be in the magic kingdom, the happiest place on earth. Well, This is something that is deep down inside of all of us, and an amusement park is not gonna satisfy that, especially when you look at the price you pay to get in. I think when you're a kid, the happiest moment of going to Disneyland is when you walk in. But when you're an adult, the happiest moment is when you're leaving, right? And then having to figure out how you're gonna pay for all of that. But that's just an idea to start with. We're longing for something more. We're longing for heaven, and we're longing for God. Nothing this world offers will satisfy you apart from a relationship with God. You can ask him to come and live inside of you and forgive you of all of your sin right here, right now. In a moment, I'm gonna pray a simple prayer that I would love to lead you in where you are simply saying to the Lord, come into my life. Satisfy my spiritual thirst. Make all things new for me. I wanna go to heaven one day. I wanna be ready for your return. If you would like to do that, why don't you just pray this simple prayer after me. You could pray it out loud if you like. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, but I know you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I turn from that sin now, and I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. It's perhaps the most important prayer anyone can pray, making a decision for Christ. And if you've prayed that prayer today, We'd love to welcome you into the family of God and to help you to get started in your new relationship with Him. We'd love to send you a great resource collection for free. It'll help you get started off right in your walk of faith. Just ask for a new believer's growth packet when you call 1 800 Pray For Me. That's 1 800 772 936. And the team would also love to pray with you. That's 1 800 772 936. Well, next time, Pastor Greg begins the final message in our in-depth series in Revelation. Hope you can join us again for a new beginning. This is the day, the day when life Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Heaven on Earth. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 00 50 11 or go to visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.